0: You So today, really quickly, it's kind of a beautiful day in, in a lot of ways. There's three things we're going to do. I'm going to share a little bit about the importance of story. We're going to let a couple people talk, and then I'm going to, we're going to pray over the people who are saying that we want this to be our family, and then we're going to open it up for testimony for a little bit, and you'll hear rules about testimony because there's always a guy or a gal, no, no, um, we're not going to discriminate either way, that wants to talk for an hour, and we just don't want to hear it for an hour. We love you. <laughs> The best way I can say is nobody wants to listen to that for an hour, but we want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? So, but it's beautiful, but let's not do it for an hour, okay? Um, so um, maybe 15, 20 years ago, I walked into Lee University and I wasn't supposed to be there. I had just recently taken my GED. I had just recently gotten back from a rehab in, in Utah and had just recently gotten clean. And so I went to this college, my brother was there. And um, he was the president of his fraternity. His wife is actually here. You guys have been praying for Jenny? She's right. Raise your hands, Jenny. We've all prayed for her so many times. She, God is doing so much awesome stuff in her, and that's her. If you want to love on her before um, she leaves, please do. Um, but I remember showing up at this college, and my brother was kind of a big deal there. I know everybody says that, but he was, wasn't he? So was Jenny, you know what I'm saying? Um, so he was the president of his fraternity, and I was, they called me Little Turner, literally, for the first two years of being there. Hey, that's Little Turner. And I, I thought it was a great name. I didn't like it at all. Um, and then um, I was really uncomfortable in spiritual settings. So, like again, like I said, like I, I grew up in church, but I really was just not involved in it. Kind of did my own thing. And at Lee University, they made you go to chapel. You had to go, or you would flunk. <clears throat> so you either really creatively figure out ways to pretend like you're there, or you're there. And I happened to be there one day, and it became really spiritual. And... A guy that was also in my brother's fraternity. His name was John Rogers. I don't know if you remember him. He pulled me to the side, um, and he said, "You're not, you're not Little Turner," and I want you to know that I'm here for you, and I want to hear your story. I want to know who you are. And I got to be honest with you. I didn't even really know how to respond to that. Honest, at this point, I didn't, I didn't know how to talk about it. I didn't know how to say who I was. But I remember this avenue opening up of somebody having enough. Um, wisdom to see someone who needed to share even if they didn't know how to and somehow open up communication to where I could, okay? Um, Really beautiful time in my life. And it took me a long time before I could share even, but I knew that the opportunity was there. And so I wanted to read you um, a really quick passage. We've read it before. This is John 4, 7 through 38. If you guys want to open up to your Bible, I'm going to read it from up here. <clears throat> Again, you guys have heard me talk about this. this probably my favorite character in the Bible. Honestly, she's um, she's amazing. Her story becomes like a gospel just concentrate, just sent. This woman becomes the biggest soul winner in the Bible and in, in the gospel. She wins more souls to Jesus than anyone, um, right? So <clears throat> that puts kind of our ideas about women in ministry in place. I think a little bit um, that the person who spreads the gospel the best is her. So. Amen and amen. All right. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, I will give you, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? They're supposed to be hated. They they hated, rivalry was hated. Actually, Samaritans were kind of spit upon. Uh, You wouldn't stop to help a mother give birth if she was in the middle of the street, if you were a Jew. That's kind of a, a thing. You wouldn't help. Um, for Jews do, sorry, can you go back really quickly? I'm sorry. That's my fault. That's not your fault. For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who also, who gave us this well and drank from it himself? as did also his sons and his livestock. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water. She's kind of speaking like tongue in cheek. Give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to, to draw water. He told her, go and call your husband. Dropped a bomb, right? It's a little bit of a bomb. Go and call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say that. You have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands, and the man you are now have now is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, the time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. It's so awesome to me. She's talking to him. Like, what, what, like... That's just, in his pocket, he's got, I'm, I'm the dude you're talking about, right? Like, I, I the, to me, that'll never get old. That always gives me, like, goosebumps, just that little, so he's coming, and when he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, <laughs> I, the one speaking to you, am he. That's <laughs> just, like, just leans into her, and she's probably like, okay, this got weird. Just then, the disciples returned in surprise to find him talking with a woman again, a man would not talk to a woman. You know, a woman would have to have her husband present to do the conversation um, in, this, in this season. Um, um, but no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Messiah? They came out of the town and made their way toward him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have no food to eat that you know nothing, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then the disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work. Don't you have a saying, is still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the one who reaps, draws, wage, and harvest a crop for eternal life so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and one reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. Is that the end of it right there? Close your eyes with me really, really quickly. Father, we thank you for your word, that it's a living, breathing. It is you, it's the Logos, God, it's you. It's only word because it's you. Without you, it's not word. Jesus makes words central, hearable, applicable and real. It's not a memorized category, book of, it is something that points us to a conversation with Jesus in that we can speak to him while opening it. In this passage, Lord, you are trying to tell us people need to be heard and that you see in and that you're willing to listen to story and integrate story into your life to make it an even more powerful story. And then that story is carried through us, or in this case, her, to a people who have never heard of you, and they find a place at the table. And that is beautiful, and that is what RCC wants to be about. And so today, bless this time together in Jesus' name. So really quickly, I love how liberated this person is in this story just from talking about who she is. Two things have to happen in sharing story. One, there has to be someone who will share. Two, there has to be someone who will listen, okay? It took me forever to stand in front of people and share my story. It took me until I was at seminary and I found a teacher that valued me and even then it was horrible. It took me even longer to shut my mouth and listen to others tell their story. Okay? So I don't know where the Lord is trying to challenge you today, but the overarching theme in my heart right now is that He's calling the body of Christ to stop talking and start listening. People do not need the answer to their problem in the first conversation that we have with them. They need someone that will be still and listen to their story. If you... I'll even say this, if you don't know someone well enough to know who they are, how they take and and how they work, don't give them life advice. Don't fix their problem. Ask them to share who they are. I was on a retreat with Justin uh, for Dwelling Place from Riverstone maybe about two months ago. And something I've just integrated in my life because I feel like God has broken me of being selfish in storytelling and and dominating conversations. And so I used to be the one that could kind of figure out a way to work my story into anything that was happening. Like, you know, if you've been in a life group and all of a sudden there's the person that's like, everything is about their story. Like I was really good at that. Um, It took some hard lessons and some brokenness to be able to zip my lip. But I was at dwelling place and like I just, the first question I ask a lot of people, and I might ask you this is, hey man, I just want, what's your story? And to me, that's just like a question I ask people. And then I listen, and I might've asked you that, but I was at Dwelling Place and, and Mason came to me after I'd met this guy named Avery, maybe some of you guys know him. Um, and we were on the basketball court, we were beating his team, of course. And then um, <laughs> we, I said, hey man, you seem like an interesting guy, just tell me your story. And Mason later was like, I'll be honest with you. I've never heard anybody do that. And I was actually shocked. That's part of our culture now. Just tell me your story. You know, like, I just want to hear your story. Who are you? And Avery shared with me, and he actually like, got real honest real quick, which happens sometimes when you open up that avenue. And so, today in a moment, we're going to have some people to come up, but I do want to challenge you. You know, like, who in your life needs to be listened to right now? Who in your life is, you can just tell by their demeanor, like me in a chapel, like, off scared to death that it's gonna get super crazy super quick and something spiritual is gonna happen and God's gonna draw all the stuff out of me in front of everybody. Who in your life is like just aching to share? I need someone to listen. I need someone to listen. I need someone to listen. Do you need to share your story? Part two. Does anybody really know you? You know, like, are you really known? Listen, if you've been a part of a church your whole life and no one knows you, you're doing it wrong. I don't care if it's massive. I don't care if it's tiny. I don't care if it's a house church and all you did was worship for 11 hours. I don't care if it's massive and there's a million people. Does anyone really know you? I'm not trying to draw this out to pull you up here and be like, you'll tell all your junk now. (laughs) People gotta know you. When people really know you, you begin to walk together. Iron begins to sharpen iron. You don't have to have discipleship courses. It happens in Christian context, in community. And so one of the beautiful things we get to do every time there's five Sundays in a month, this is one of them, we get to ask people to share their story that have recently come to our church. So there's a couple people that I already know for sure are gonna come up and share, and that's Regina, are you one of them? Confirmed? You're shaking your head like it's not real. It's like, oh, think of big lights. And then, did you guys want to share today too? Cool, <laughs> cool. All right, so who else can share? Mike, you actually came at a previous time. and so, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love this guy. I'm actually really nervous to let you share. <laughs> Should I be? <laughs> Dear God, bless this conversation. Um, and anybody else, here's the, here's the rules to this part. For a long time, people thought we were asking them to share how they got to River City. That's not important. I, I'm, and River City is really important to me. I just want to know who you are. So we have some questions to kind of stir the pot. Um, if you've already prepared, we want you to share. Do not share forever, but do not feel rushed. Does that make sense? If you need some help, here are some questions that might help you. What are you passionate about? Everybody raise your hand. Nobody's raising their hand. You're, you're a person, okay? You have passions. I don't know why I'd you raise your hand. I like that. Are you an <laughs> introvert or extrovert? How do you know? I'd just love to hear your opinion. What are you most thankful for? These are just things that might spur for us to hear from you, new family members. What do you do and desire to do for a living, okay? Just absorb those people who have come to this church from January till now, plus Mike Moon, okay? Absorb those, all right? And then after the time we let you guys share, we're going to pray over you and welcome you to our family in a very loving way. You do not have to have been to a city dinner to do this. So so do you want to start? Thank you again for joining us today, and please visit our website at rivercitysmyrna.com.